We are back. It's episode six of Not The Jordan Show, where we discuss some of the biggest stories in football. Now, usually we split the show into two halves with two different topics, but this week we're doing a VAR special. Don't turn off yet. Don't worry. It's slightly different to the <laughs> usual ones. <laughs> we're going to try and work out how we can get it to a place where most fans are happy. Because right now, I think there are very few people who would argue that we've reached a point where we're happy with how VAR is working and what football has actually become recently. And I'm delighted to say that my first guest this week is Chris. Chris, welcome to the show. I know you've been wanting to get involved for a while, but I'm really glad we've saved you for this one. How are you doing? I'm fine, Jordan. It's really good. It's really good to be on. I've really enjoyed your episodes so far because I feel like it adds another dimension to the uh, 9320 portfolio. So yes, yeah, so thanks for me inviting me on. I'd be surprised if you didn't invite me on for this one, but I'm really, I'm really pleased to be here as well. Oh well, thank you very much. Um, well, you say you'd be surprised, but we did actually have a referee special on one of the weeks, and not going to lie, as I was defending the referees, or at least trying to stop it turning into an onslaught on them, I was thinking, I should have got Chris on this one, just to back <laughs> me up a little bit. Um, but no, it's great to have you on on for this one, and I know as much as you are a proponent of of referees, and part of the refereeing um, fraternity, if that's the right word, I, I think, as I said at the start, we're, we're all in agreement that there's always improvements to be made, uh, particularly mm-hmm. in this area. And someone who will be bringing the improvements to the fore, Mr. Howard Hockin, back-to-back appearances on Not The Jordan Show for you. Welcome back. Um, (laughs) I enjoyed the review. No problem. No problem at all. I enjoyed the Chelsea Review podcast on Monday. Uh, I think I was in the same boat as you by the end of it. Just really enjoyed having a fantastic game to watch and one with Eight goals where we didn't come out on the losing end, I think, has got to be celebrated. You said, though, you didn't really know how to feel after that draw against Chelsea. Are you any closer to knowing now? No. <laughs> Not really, no. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's so weird. I, th- I actually thought, I was going to ask on the review, I think I forgot to ask Steve this question. I think if it had been a nil-nil where nothing happened... You know, like a real stalemate. I'd probably have come out feeling better, and which makes no sense in a way. Surely you want a classic four-four over a boring nil-nil. But I think it was the fact the downside of it was just out of out of Pep's comfort zone, out of our us as fans' comfort zone. Not having that control in a football match was very unsettling. Uh, after it, I became a lot more positive because I thought, hang on, in the review, I didn't mention. Erling Haaland missed a cracking chance first half, though it was a great save by the keeper. Phil Foden's moment of pure magic on the right. could all, He could have put that in at the far post as well. Docu had a chance 3-2. And I started remembering chances going, hang on, we weren't that bad at all. Should I be negative? But then I went back to, yeah, but still, two of our goals were a bit, you know, a soft penalty, a deflected goal. They had chances. And I just came out of it thinking, you know what? <laughs> It's probably just best that we got a point, we move on and don't think about it. We're top of the table still. I think Pochettino's one of those managers that just creates issues for Pep. He knows how to cause problems for him. He's obviously very tactically adept. And yeah, it was just the chaos of it left me very unsettled, I think. But I think the key point 
why am I feeling down that this billion pound team we played against was competitive against us? I think part of this is due to the the free ride Chelsea have had, really. That team and that squad they've got should be going head-to-head, toe-to-toe with City. So all in all, it wasn't that bad an afternoon. And for the neutral, they've been spoiled over the last week, haven't they? Uh, at least Chelsea are bringing some entertainment to the table now, that's for sure. So. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, I think you guys nailed it on the on the review podcast and basically just saying that Look, a lot of our defensive players, probably with the exception of Akanji, had had a big off day and we just weren't at our best. But we went away to a team who are expected, or certainly were at the start of the season, to be fighting for top four at least. We conceded four goals and we didn't lose. So uh, I think that's a positive. Props to the attackers. I think they may make the top four. All the top five, yeah. Well, I think they are improving and turning that corner now, but we'll see. Yeah. Definitely, I, I can, still got a couple uh, ha- more tough fixtures Howard, to go. How would I can really sympathise with what you're saying? Because I had to take a look at myself on Sunday evening because I just watched an eight-goal quote thriller, of which we scored four goals away, mm. and I thought, why do I feel so? kind of nonplussed about this. And I think it's because we've become so conditioned yeah. over the last six seasons Spoiled. to absolute control. Yeah. yeah. But but we're, we're not used to playing in matches like that where control becomes an abstract concept and we just don't have it. Um, and and I th- and, and, and add to the add to the mix that you had a number of our key players having average or certainly below standard games that it's a strange sensation when you come out at the end of the game and think I should have enjoyed that game but I didn't I, 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 and it wasn't because we didn't take all the points it was just I don't like that chaos I, I, I love watching Spurs and Chelsea having chaos last Monday but not that so I've had to examine that about you know to be a little bit more liberal about the way I I, I view that. I, I enjoyed yeah. four moments of that game and it was our four goals and the rest I didn't enjoy <laughs> at all. Hence why I probably enjoyed the nil-nil more. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but some Jeopardy's good some of the time. Yeah, Jeopardy's uh-huh. good for us, yeah. It's interesting how um, I think we've all been crying out for a less cautious approach in big games from Pep. Yeah. And this result isn't to say that, you know, being slightly more um, optimistic or being a bit more attacking is the wrong approach, but it just shows that it can go wrong. And I think on balance, although we had the chances, I think coming away from, from Stamford Bridge with a point on Sunday was uh, a bit of a let-off. I think we could have easily lost that game had the likes of Foden and Haaland not been on, on form. So Yeah, and yet we almost won, and that's why I can't, I can't, my head can't really yeah. fathom what went on. <laughs> I wasn't well, expecting anyway. a four-all. I've never seen a four-all before, so it's understandable. I wouldn't expect it to happen. I wouldn't know how to deal with it. So, Yeah, no, I, I totally relate to that. But I think it's worth making the point how refreshing it, it is to have an absolute classic of a football match that everyone's talking about, saying it's a great advert for the Premier League. And in the end, the headlines weren't dominated by refereeing decisions or VAR in particular, as much as Jamie Carragher said, that's not right, over and over again. (laughs) Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, that's not been a regular occurrence where we've had cracking matches. 
and VAR hasn't really been at the centre of it because you only have to go as far as last week with the Chelsea Spurs match. And I think we we were all talking about that in the days after saying it was an absolute cracker, but VAR was at the centre of that and it didn't necessarily make it any less of a cracker, but it was a, a different type of entertainment, I think, when, um, when we were watching that all unfold. Um, and as I said, we're going to be doing a VAR special today and we're not going to spend the whole time lamenting it. Uh, we're going to come up with ways in which we can better it. But Chris, I'd like to, to get it through your eyes, first of all, um, for you to frame it for us through the eyes of, of someone who referees. Mm. And it's a big question. I'll split it up into a few parts, but I just want you to give us your honest thoughts on VAR. So the parts are, did you feel it was needed in the first place? Is it functioning at an acceptable level right now? And can you see any future in which it isn't at the centre of the game, i.e. a step backwards away from technology and reverting to what we had before, maybe with just goal line tech? So the floor is yours. Thank you. Um, I think it, I, I can't say whether it was actually needed, but I think it was inevitable because... Um, uh, particularly in the early 90s, particularly with English football, um, the sport became much more gorged with influx of money. So the stakes were becoming higher and higher for clubs who were participating in competitions like the Premier League and like the Champions League. And decisions that were being made by, by the, uh, the, the on-field officials uh, had always had significance in terms of the outcome of the game. But the impact that they were having on particular teams, either with winning titles, with relegation, getting through to knockout stages of Champions League, we, we started to see the, 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 the emphasis and the push for why can't football as the global sport take the follow the example of much more antiquated sports like cricket and tennis that had incorporated the use of technology much earlier on. Uh, in terms of traditions of the game, tennis and, 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 and cricket is far more antiquated, but they were able to incorporate that in. So I did think, well, actually, if they can do that, then surely football can do that as well. So, so I think that I think it was it was needed because of the the context of the amount of money that was involved in the game, and the, and what was at stake with decision making. But also it was inevitable because it could only be held off for for, for so long, and whether it's functioning at an acceptable level, I would say that it is functioning at a level that I would I would have predicted in terms of part of its transition to be something that that is used by default and that the wider footballing community becomes used to i think that the way it's functioning is problematic though in the sense that the tweaks are reactive instead of proactive in, ter in, in, in terms of the way the laws are being adapted to suit the technology rather than the other way around and to the third point of the question, um, categorically, there's no way we're taking a backward step now with technology. If anything, the technology will be increased. More cameras, more uses of, of technology in terms of what, does the ball go out of play when it's by the, the corner flag. So I, I don't think we'll take a regressive step with, with that at all. I think it's here to stay. And 
football as a game has to learn how to adapt it and to and for it to empower the game of football and football fans and observers and writers and players and managers have to adapt as well and that's a big part of the problem is the community is the football fraternity adapting to VAR and adapting its expectation accordingly the game has changed since VAR came in and we have to be cognizant of that and and, and, and manage the process I would predict that in another five years times VAR will be completely embedded I just think the journey between now and then will continue to be quite rocky I think mm. I think that's a fair point about the stage that VAR is at and ultimately I think we have to accept that it's a a totally different form of refereeing and we'll come on to that Chris because mm. I know you want to speak about how refereeing has changed since VAR has been brought in but you know if we were starting football again and referees started from the beginning it, it takes a lot of time to get things right we, we didn't get the pass back law which has shaped how football is played now until the 90s right you know it, it, it takes a lot of time to to maybe get these things right mm. and create um a structure around football that can lead to it, it thriving. I just p personally feel right now that VAR isn't allowing football to thrive. And if anything, it, it's, it's, uh, it's just sort but, of, but what, what, uh, but what I would, but, but John, what, what I would say is just the example of the back pass law, which I think was one of the best laws mm. um, introduced to football. In, in, in a long, long time, because it changed mm. football for, for the positive. That was a new law. That was about a new law being in, introduced. It was then at the responsibility of the players to work around that law. VAR is not about new laws being introduced. It's about the way those new laws are, are, are applied and exactly. are assessed in, in, in a game situation. And I think that one of the downsides of, of the attention which is being given to the to, to the VAR process is that more spotlight is being removed from the players themselves and the laws are there to manage the players behavior on the pitch and it, and I feel that one of the un, unintended consequences of the VAR protocols being applied is that players seem to be um, the more concessions are being made for players behavior on the pitch and the way they constantly attempt to bend or break those laws when actually they're responsible referees don't make problems on the pitch for the most part players create problems on the pitch and the referees are there to solve those problems with the application of the law and I, and that's why i do think that 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 you know one, another one of the one of the 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 the, 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 the problems is that we're not looking back at the players on the pitch, at the managers on the sidelines. The focus, again, is on the officials, just in a different format. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.